Welcome to the REI Foundation Podcast, where we cover all the steps and strategies to make your real estate dreams a reality. Now your hosts, Jason and Peely. Hey everyone, looking for lending for your next project? Well, we want to introduce you to Fund That Flip. So what is Fund That Flip? Well, Fund That Flip is fast, affordable funding for your next real estate transaction. And trust me, we know. We've used them and are using them currently for deals that we're working on flipping homes. So if you want white glove service, check out Fund That Flip for great terms, reliable service, just everything you're looking for from a funding partner. Peely, where can we find them? You can find them at fundthatflip.com backslash REI Foundation. Again, that's fundthatflip.com backslash REI Foundation. What are you waiting for? Hi, everyone, and welcome again to the Real Estate Investing Foundation podcast with Jason and Peely. Today, we have a special guest for you. He is a commercial real estate agent. His name is Tyler Chesser. Hi, Tyler. Hi, Peely. Hi, Jason. How are you guys? Hey, Tyler. Doing great. So, Tyler has been a licensed commercial real estate sales professional since 2013 after several years in international marketing and franchise development for a global restaurant corporation. And in May of 2018, Tyler Chester obtained a Kentucky broker's license, recently recognized as rising star under 30 internationally in commercial real estate by CCM, which is Commercial Investment Real Estate uh, Magazine. Tyler has helped procure over... 30 million in sales agreements since his introduction to the brokerage industry. He's got an uncanny grasp of market complexities, a deep passion scale as a leader, and a mastery of investment analysis formed as a perfect match in commercial real estate. Well, that I all know, and since I know you, Tyler, and for that point, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for being on with us, and we really look forward to diving in here. And just to start this off, so... You had this background where, where you were working in international marketing. Where was the switch that you said, I'm jumping to real estate and what caused it? Sure. sure. Well, first of all, thank you guys for having me. I'm really grateful to be on the show with you guys and spending time with you face to face here while we may not be in the same room. It certainly feels that way. And uh, technology is an amazing thing. So, uh, but, but to your question there, you know, sometimes it seems like our careers and our life can be a journey, right? You know, there's, there's so many twists and turns and things that happen that cause us to go one direction or the next. And just to give you a little bit of a background as to why I originally started in uh, international marketing and marketing particularly, you know, was because I had a desire and a curiosity towards uh, reasons in human behavior and, uh, consi- you know, decision-making uh, rationale behind purchases and things like that. I was always fascinated by that and why certain people were gravitated towards certain brands and why they weren't. Uh, towards others and why a simple you know for example like a Nike swoosh why does that create value versus you know other particular brands maybe has less value so I was always fascinated in that and so anyway long story short I ended up uh, getting into that that field and was involved in the corporate uh, in the corporate world and uh, you know we were working with franchisees really in many different markets and it was great to learn about you know consumer behavior in international markets as well as across the United States. And um, the rationale behind making the switch into real estate was really in a, I guess if you look at it deep down, it was really kind of a personal decision of, I want to take control over the results of my career. Uh, Because in the marketing world, you know, you're really subject to 
many other factors that are really going to control the outcomes of, you know, financially as well as the direction of where you're going to go. And so I was starting to kind of talk to some of my mentors as well as, you know, personal board of advice, for lack of a better word, of, you know, what's a different route that I can take and what skill sets do I have that align myself in different fields and, and, and things like that. And so long story short, came across uh, real estate and actually started my career in uh, real estate as a residential real estate agent and quickly realized that that was not necessarily the side of the business that I was interested in doing long term. Uh, but it was a great way for me to understand, you know, the tra transactional nature of real estate particularly and understanding really the, the foundation for that business. And it's interesting we're talking here on the real estate investing foundation because that was sort of my foundation. And so some of these skills that I was able to translate from previous parts of my career into this, I thought were very applicable. Um, as I progressed, I was able to create a little bit of a name for myself as well as, uh, you know, market my services, you know, with my background, I was able to, you know, brand myself in a certain way that gravitated certain opportunities towards me. And um, long story short, I was able to be referred to quite a bit of opportunities and some opportunities that maybe I wasn't qualified for at the time. And so I kind of took a plunge to dive into certain opportunities that I may have not had experience with before, such as uh, multifamily real estate, as well as commercial real estate, um, office buildings, retail buildings, apartment buildings, um, development opportunities. And, you know, in fact, one of the first referral opportunities that I had was a large portfolio. And I was able to sell off a, a, a large chunk of properties and really learn the business through that and kind of jumping into the deep end of of those type of transactions as well as what are investors looking for, you know, what type of uh, deals are going to work, what type of deals are not going to work, what are the different factors required to uh, make sure that we're able to, you know, get deals across the finish line. And then of course, you know, with the nature of our business and my business being referral oriented and, you know, repeat business oriented, how are we going to make sure that people are successful? So these are things that I have, you know, I had to figure out in the beginning as to, you know, if I'm making advice or I'm consulting with my clients and saying, you know, we're looking at this deal here and, and we believe it works because of X, Y, and Z, you know, I really genuinely want to be right on that because, you know, I have a, uh, I have an interest to do repeat business with my clients. You know, I think that's extremely important. And, you know, you can, you could look at the business in many different ways. You could say, well, you know, if we do this deal, you know, let's just close the deal and, and collect a commission and, and go on. Or you can say, well, you know, maybe there's a long-term relationship here. And I think certainly real estate in particular is a very long game. And if you can have that approach, which is something that I've adopted, you know, due to, you know, mentors and other people much smarter than me uh, that I've adopted, you know, over the years. So um, that's kind of uh, a long uh, winded perhaps answer to your question, but that's uh, kind of how I got started. No, it's no, great. That's perfect. So tell me a little bit about, you say you like, you jumped into the commercial arena, you jumped into the, well, you jumped to residential first, figured out that wasn't for you, jumped into the commercial arena. You got all these opportunities to work on these mega deals. What gave you the, let's say moxie or courage to actually jump in? without knowing everything there is to know about real estate? You know, that's a, that is a really great question. Um, I think one of the things, one of my background uh, things that I think really I drive a lot of courage from is 
when I was in college, for example, I was uh, in a fraternity. And I remember when I started college, I said, you know, I'm never going to buy friends. I'm not going to do that. That's, you know, I don't need to do that. Anyway, long story short, I ended up joining the fraternity and ended up learning about leadership in my fraternity and, and really taking the forefront. And, and, you know, I ended up being the president of my fraternity when I was, you know, later on in the years. And really, I think that experience drove a lot of courage, you know, towards just sort of being a pioneer and, and stepping out of front of the pack and saying, you know what, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm confident in my abilities. And I want to just try this because, you know, if anything, I'm going to learn a lot, you know, maybe I fail, but, you know, I don't know about you guys, but I can certainly look back and say, most of the failures that I've had in my life are probably more impactful than many of the successes. So I guess I maybe I wasn't conscious of these things at the time, but I was certainly subconscious of the fact that, you know, worst case scenario, I'm going to learn a lot. And I'm also confident in my abilities. And I know how to communicate. I know how to market. I know how to learn and I'm committed to learning and I wanted to take I was really driven to take control over my career and so I think that with all of that coupled together was was really a big driving force into me taking that plunge. That's Love great. that. Take action, take control, take the plunge. So let's talk a little bit about more about your marketing. With, with having that strong background, what are some of the maybe tips or, or some points that you've used to really help you as a broker and maybe that you could even see some investors help in building out their business or, or their name or their brand, which really been some strong driving points for your marketing package. Sure. Sure. Well, it goes to that, you know, you start really from the basics of let's look at what we're dealing with. If we're dealing with an individual. Let's say you're an investor, for example, you know, the first step that I would have, if I'm just getting started in this arena is I want to make sure that everybody who is a player and a decision maker in that field, is aware that I am now a player. And that's the very first step. That is the basics there. You wanna make sure that everybody that needs to know, knows. And so uh, certainly that you know is a driving force and a factor behind every marketing decision that I make, whether it's you know my brokerage services or whether it's you know an investment opportunity from a multifamily or commercial real estate standpoint, or you know whether it's, you know let's just say you've got a uh, you know, apartment for lease, you know, it needs to, we need to have awareness. We need to be exposed and we need to understand what are the different networks? Where are the eyeballs? Where are, you know, where are people talking? And certainly we've got to understand the nature of our business. That's for sure. We need to understand the different avenues. Uh, you know, people are really, you know, this is a referral business. It's a relationship business. So I think it's very important to focus on the fact that, you know, if you are marketing in different avenues, let's just say you're doing social media, you're doing a lot of digital marketing, that needs to be tied in with your personal brand as well. You need to be building those one-on-one relationship, one -on relationships in addition to exposing your awareness across the board. And so certainly those are things that I, I definitely would see as principles, but you really need to be an extension of yourself in many different areas. Create that awareness first. And then once you're able to create that awareness, you want to build some brand equity. You know, the brand equity that I'm looking for is, you know, an expert in commercial real estate, someone who's going to help, you know, maximize my value, either going into an acquisition or disposing of an asset, you know, that's the brand that I want to have. And that's the brand that I believe that I have built and continue to build. And so I think it would be very important for your listeners to really take a look at themselves and say, well, what is it that, you know, who is it that needs to be aware of me and what I'm trying to do? And then what, what kind of tag or what's, what's the top of mind qualities that they want to know about me? 
because you know once you once you have built that awareness, then you've got an opportunity to really deepen the understanding of what your brand means. That's great. Awesome. So w- with the market here that that's now becoming a little, little top heavy, how, how are you balancing seller expectations just with some crazy expectations going on with, with investors still trying to make deals happen? You know, that is a really good question because it is a very big challenge. I mean, we're, we're looking at many, many deals for the most part. And certainly, Jason, you and I particularly have dealt with this. And in the short time that we've known each other, I mean, we've looked at, you know, a few deals. And, and certainly there will probably be quite a few more that we look at before we make sense of something. And I think um, one thing that I'm certainly um, advising my, you know, investor clients who are looking to acquire more assets is certainly patience. I mean, right now we're, we're looking for patience and continued persistence because, you know, you really, there's a lot of deals that, that don't make sense. And, and unfortunately, some of the competition of folks that I'm representing uh, are, you know, really not making sense perhaps on a logical standpoint, but they're still doing the deal. So it, it certainly makes that challenging. And so we've got to be aware that, you know, our market is certainly a cycle. And as you mentioned, we're, it seems to be we're at the, you know, the high point of that cycle. You know, of course, we can never predict the future market, but we're certainly at a point now where it's a challenge. I mean, we've got very rates in every market, you know, whether you're in New York, uh, New Jersey, such as yourselves, or whether you're in Louisville, Kentucky, uh, or anywhere else across the United States and across the world. I mean, you've got to study all these markets and understand how they're all interrelated. Um, So it's definitely something that it's a time for us to educate ourselves and to continue to be persistent and have an understanding that we've got to create more deal flow if we're going to make sense of something. Because outside of that, I mean, if you're only looking at five or 10 deals, you know, you're really setting yourself up for not really getting any deals. I mean, that's just sort of how it's looking, especially in the multifamily real estate market. Um, Certainly other asset classes are in a different stage of that, of that market cycle. I mean, if you look at, you know, office buildings, for example, the office asset class is on a different part of that market cycle. Some would say it's in the growth stage. You know, it was sort of declining for a while and there's been some adjustments. And the same thing for retail, you know, cap rates have, have gone up and now they're kind of stabilizing a little bit. So I think you've got to take a look at your entire portfolio, your entire approach and say, are we going to stick to our guns here? Do we need to make any adjustments? If we do, you know, how does that impact us long term? But to be realistic, if you want to make a deal, you know, at least what I'm seeing is that either you need to make sure that you're being extremely diligent, understand that a deal that's going to make sense on many of the metrics, there's going to be hair on it. And there's going to have to be, you know, unless you're lucky. I mean, you can definitely get lucky and find deals, you know, without hair in this market that make, you know, that check every single one of your boxes. But I think that's, uh, that's what I am advising for my clients. And that's what I'm seeing in the market right now. That's all such great advice. I'm actually, I'm actually toying with this idea in my head. So I want to know, and our, our listeners ask this a lot, how does one find a Tyler Chesser? How does one find a broker of your standards, of your excellence to work with them? For instance, how did you happen to meet Jason? Or even the same part too, if, if someone's a new investor who's looking to break in, what would be the right steps to take to find just a great broker to work with? So many questions there. Pick one and go. Sure, sure. <laughs> or well, I guess, um, you know, in my opinion, one of the things that I'm highly involved in is the CCIM network, um, Certified Commercial Investment Member Network, which is a global 
network of commercial real estate practitioners, whether they're investors or brokers or lenders or what have you. But, you know, that is really the gold standard of commercial real estate, in my opinion. So if you're going to be looking for a broker, I think that's a great place to look. There's a, there's a national and global database of CCIM designees. And I would definitely encourage your listeners to at least start there to say, you know what, these are going to be the, the market leaders in, in each market that I have specific interest in. I would say that's, that's one thing. Certainly you want to be aware. We go back to this awareness thing again, uh, aware of who those players are. And then, you know, I would encourage your listeners to reach out to them because, you know, some of your market leaders really are certainly going to be, you know, very, um, you know, taxed for time. I mean, there's going to be a limited amount of time, but I think, you know, once you're able to get through and show, you know, these, uh, these brokers that you are the real deal, you're somebody who can get a deal done and you're, you're not somebody who needs to be babysat. You're somebody who can be, um, you know, the broker can add value to in many ways and you've educated yourself, but this broker can add additional value and help you, um, recognize some of the blind spots that are there. I mean, there's always going to be blind spots, especially, you know, if you're an out-of-state investor, you really need somebody there to, to identify those items. So I would say, you know, being aware of the CCIM network, um, being aware of the market in general, you know, who is doing the transactions, you can certainly search, you know, uh, LoopNet is one place, but to be honest with you, a lot of the brokers in, in today's market are not so uh, excited about that network. There's another uh, called Crexy, which is a great uh, disposition website as well, where you know there's investment sales available all over the country, all over the world. Um, and then each market, you know, perhaps they utilize Catalyst or or other um, you know digital marketing techniques to dispose of properties. I would certainly look there, and you can find activity and things like that. But getting to know people, shaking hands, and helping under people understand that you know I'm here, and uh, let me know what I can do to make your life easier. But Brokers are looking for guys and girls who can perform at the end of the day. I mean, that's, and, and obviously it's, you should be looking for people who are saying, you know what, I'm interested in you from a long-term perspective. I don't want to just do one deal. So I think definitely be aware if you're seeing maybe some signs of, you know, not that case, I think it would be definitely important to not go forward with that person. So thank you for that. And, and with so much success in the last few years, what, what's been your, favorite deal to date? Well, um, I've, I've been working on uh, some really interesting deals of late. And, uh, you know, I've sold portfolios um, in one where you've got packages of different properties, which is always exciting. Um, I'll tell you one thing that every single deal is different. And I learned something new on every single deal. It's like, the, the second that you think you know it all, it's like something new is going to come up. And, you know, while Sometimes I'm in a deal where I'm like, man, this is really brutal. And it seems like everything wrong is happening. But then when you look back on it and you're able to, you know, close that chapter, you're saying, well, you know what? I actually learned a lot there. And I can say that some of my more challenging transactions have been more of the enjoy enjoyment transactions, you know. Uh, but I am working on a one particular deal right now that is very, very um, interesting. Uh, we've got some, we've actually got a couple of projects right now that are our previous condo deconversions where we've had to acquire um, individual units, bring those back under one umbrella, dispose as an apartment complex. And, and those are certainly exciting because you, you work with so many different moving parts. And while it is very challenging at the time to coordinate everything, when you're able to get everything together and actually make sense of it and, and your projections that you, you know, you're doing your research, but 
when your projections come true in the end, I mean, that's really exciting. So um, that's one thing right now, I would say, I mean, maybe it's just, it's just fresh in my mind, but I would say that's been one of the most exciting deals that I've been working on. That's fantastic. And so if you look at your own personal goals, you've had such a, a big leap into real estate in the last few years. It's been incredible. Are you looking to invest as well? Is that your direction? Yeah, absolutely. And I think one thing that's very important is, um, you know, I try to not be a competitor with my clients because I, I think that there certainly could be, you know, perhaps a conflict of interest there. So I definitely want to make sure that that's understood and known. And certainly I believe in the product. I mean, I, I to me, it doesn't make sense why any broker wouldn't invest in, in real estate uh, because, you know, if you don't believe in the product, why are you selling it? So uh, certainly, certainly is a huge part of my investment strategy. In fact, I have uh, invested in real estate and I do have holdings, nothing substantial, but you know, I'd like to continue to do that and certainly looking for opportunities as they exist. And so, uh, you know, I really do like apartments. Um, I think that the fundamentals look great and, you know, we're looking at, if you look at the percentage of renters versus owners in today's day and age, I mean, it makes more sense. You're adding value to a tenant who's, uh, you know, li living in a place that's adding value to your cash flow and your net worth. And I mean, you know, to me, that's extremely uh, exciting. So I'm definitely continuing, I plan to continue to invest and look for opportunities as my career uh, progresses. So that's great. Let's go a little bit more on that. If you're looking at multifamily properties and, and this is the class that you also want to invest at, what would be some key metrics or some key data points that you would really focus on to hone in on the type of investments you want to, you want to be into? You know, I think it's a, that's a really good question. And I do think that also one of the most important factors that I'm really looking at is, you know, a lot of times people are really comparing certain opportunities in a cap rate basis or a cash on cash basis. And I certainly believe that those uh, metrics are very important to at least compare and make decisions as well as negotiate deals. I think that's extremely important to have your metrics lined up there. But I also think that really that's, that's where I leave that, to be honest with you, is, is from a comparison standpoint and negotiating a deal, because I'm really looking at this long term. I'm looking at how can we you know, how can we capture depreciation write-off? How can we uh, capture, you know, an appropriate um, interest write-off as well as, you know, what does our IRR look like? And of course, you can never project a future market. So you can't say for certain what your value is going to be in five to 10 years. But, you know, I like to see that. I want to see, uh, I want to see the appreciation of the asset and I want to see an appropriate tax strategy. I want to see all those things. Of course, I'm not a CPA and I don't play one on the internet, but those are <laughs> things that I would certainly what like my clients to, you know, pay close attention to. And it's something that I also pay close attention to as well. And this is one thing, just as a side note, whenever I'm looking at a deal, I'm always saying, okay, well, would I do this? And if I would do this, you know, then I can advise my clients appropriately. Not necessarily saying, well, would I do this? And should I take it from my client? Just saying, you know, hey, does this deal make sense? And do I feel good about it? you know, myself. And so I would say, you know, cash on cash is definitely an item that you want to pay close attention to. Uh, because, you know, your dollars, you know, could possibly be leveraged in a better way in another deal. And so I, when I'm evaluating projects, that's a figure that I'm definitely looking at. You know, I would say in, in the current market, I think if you can hit 15% cash on cash, that's a pretty attractive number. Um, and so, you know, whether or not that's realistic, you know, we'll, 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 we'll definitely, uh, have to continue to look, but, you know, IRR is another figure as well. You know, if I'm looking at 
holding a property, let's just say for five to seven years, as an example, you know, if I can achieve mid 20% IRR, that's amazing. Um, so, you know, these are some items that I have to take into account. But the other thing too, is that I'm looking, all of the assets are valued on the risk that they provide, right? And so certainly if I'm going to be investing in an asset and then, you know, let's just say we're, we're closing our eyes and saying, okay, we've got a 25% IRR, we've got a 15% cash on cash. Wow, that sounds like a great deal. And then I look at the property and it's like, wow, this is in a war zone. We've got a hole in the roof. We've got, you know, tenants that aren't paying. So you've got to pay attention to those things. You've got to say, well, is it, is it important to make concessions here? Because maybe it is. I mean, maybe you need to make concessions on your investment criteria to go into a less risky deal. So you have to look at, you know, what, what is it that you're trying to achieve in this investment? And so those are the things that I ask myself as well. So um, does that, hopefully that answers your question. Yeah, it's great. a lot of advice. Can for our more newer investors out there, can you explain what IRR means? Sure. Internal rate of return. So um, we can go into a lot of detail on this or, or, um, you know, just a, just a face value. So Everybody IRR, should be able to open a book, but just to give anybody that's listening right now, just a, just a taste of what that means. Sure, sure. So internal rate of return. So you can either calculate this on a before tax or after, after tax basis. And basically what this does is it encompasses everything from your appreciation of value, as well as your debt pay down, as well as your tax benefits, which we all, once you start to really get involved in real estate investing, you start to really appreciate the tax benefits that you get. I mean, it's unbelievable, but it really encompasses everything and tells you what your return on investment is going to be over the next, however long you hold that property. And so, um, you know, I think it's a really important figure to become aware of, and it, it is a more of a sophisticated analysis, but that's another reason why you want to be aligned with someone such as the CCIM, for example, is you have the ability of analyzing those properties. And certainly you want to be aware of that as well. You don't want to be solely relying on your broker's analysis, but I would definitely encourage your listeners to add people to their team who have the ability of calculating and educating them on these items. But IRR, um, hopefully that helps provide some clarity. Yes. Yeah, thank great. you so much. And let's, let's expand on that. You just said, adding to your team. So talk to us about like becoming a part of somebody's team as a broker. Cause we like to talk about how having a broker as part of your team is really important. And all the other people that are part of an investor's team are very important. So let's expand on that a little bit more. And how did you become a part of our team? Sure. Sure. Well, I, I definitely think that the first thing that you want to make sure that you're doing is you're adding value. I mean, if you, you know, you want to make sure that anybody who's on your team, if you're an investor, you want to make sure that they're adding value. They're not just your buddy down the corner. Of course, you want to have a, a relationship with someone that you can trust them. And that's extremely important. And I've found that to be the utmost importance of really any quality that you can have for someone on your team is trust. Because, you know, at the end of the day, you're relying on expertise from different parts of your team. You know, if I've got an attorney, for example, I want to trust that, you know, this person is not you know, they're not going through certain items just to bill me, you know, this retainer fee, they're actually adding additional value to what they're charging. And the same thing with your broker. I mean, I want, I would like to see someone who I can trust, but also someone who can tell me what, well, what, what can we really expect on an IRR basis, for example? And, you know, how can we maximize our value going in and going out to this? And then also, you know, can this person facilitate other things? You know, I, I like to, 
call myself sort of the quarterback of my client's team. You know, if they need to add certain items or they need to improve on certain team members, then I'm not shy to make that suggestion. So um, that's what I would recommend, you know, for my clients is really to, to make sure that you are not just relying on yourself because really, I mean, this is a very, very tough business to be a sole provider in. And I, I certainly would encourage people, you know, one book that I read recently was Robert Kiyosaki's real book of real estate. And I don't know if you've read that book, but it was an amazing book because it really illustrated the amount of expertise that is required to be a success in real estate investing. So I would highly uh, recommend that to your listeners, but even just from a high level, looking at, you know, how many different people are on Robert Kiyosaki, the rich dad, poor dad, you know, the man, like how many people are on his team. And so if you want to, you want to strive to be like that, you know, you really need to, and it takes a long time. You got to build a, a solid foundation for that. That's great. And so in talking about your team and your business, what's something you're working on to, to improve right now? No, that's great. Um, one thing that I have improved recently and, and I mentioned I've, you know, I've got a small amount of holdings that I would like to continue to grow. Uh, one item that I've improved dramatically over this past year has been management. And I think management is so, so important to make sure, especially in multifamily real estate, it is highly important. Um, so that's one thing that I have improved upon. Another item that I'm looking to continue to improve upon is, is from an accounting perspective. Um, I have added uh, a great bookkeeper and uh, would like to continue to add, you know, folks who have got an idea of, you know, how can we maximize value? At the end of the day, we're not looking for someone who can check a box and say, you know, we filed your taxes here. I would like a tax strategist and I'd like to, you know, partner with somebody who can say, well, what, where's the puck going? Not where is it today? And so I can definitely see room for improvement on my particular team there. And I think it's always good to take a look at everything and check, you know, everybody and make sure that, you know, you're continuing to align interests. And I, I don't think it's uh, out of the realm of possibilities to, you know, have conversations that are difficult with part, you know, people on your team. You have to be realistic because at the end of the day, we all have goals and really, you know, real estate is the is the vehicle to get us there. And so I think we've got to be very, very, you know, you know, very in tune with what our team members are doing and what kind of value they're adding. So I'm always looking at that. And if for investors out there that are now trying to get into the multifamily space, what, what are some no-nos or mistakes that you see investors make that we can hopefully help them to prevent from keep making? Well, I would say, um, you know, buying the first deal you see is probably going to be a huge it's a good one. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I would say, uh, you know, in my opinion, you know, there are some people that say go big just from the beginning. And, I, you know, there's maybe some merit to that. But I think you would want to do that with other folks that have experience, uh, because really the name of the game is scale and multifamily, um, in my opinion, of course. Um, but, you know, there's certainly a lot of value, in my opinion, to going small in the beginning, I think. Uh, just to, you know, maybe your cash flow isn't highly, you know, what you expect at that point, but you really learn some valuable lessons to, you know, what an op how to operate a multifamily portfolio. So that would be a, you know, something that I would recommend. And so, you know, the other thing is like, you know, look at a lot of deals and analyze and understand before you're putting your money at risk, you know, ask questions and start building your team while you're learning, while you're analyzing. So th that those would be things that I would recommend for newer investors. 
Yeah, I love that. And that's a great point is there is so much talk right now. Just go as big as you can do everything. Yeah, that's great. You can do that, but you don't need to know everything, but you want to know all the moving parts. And if you don't know how, you know, property is going to be managed or how construction is going to happen or, or just, you know, lost the lease or your rent gains, you're going to have such a learning curve. And especially if you're bringing other people's money in, it, it, you have to dive in to a point that you can really control. So great feedback. Thank you so much for that. Absolutely. And now if you look at your business, where does the next five years see Tyler Chesser and the, the overall picture? That's a great question. I mean, I'm, I'm a people person, to be honest with you. You know, I, I want to help people succeed. I want to, um, you know, I want to build, obviously, a portfolio for myself as well as, you know, help others build a portfolio. And really one of the questions um, that I always have for my clients is, what is your goal? You know, and I, I'm really driven by that. You know, what are you really wanting to do with this? You know, maybe... Maybe I've got, you know, a client who's saying, you know what, I want to travel the world. Or maybe I've got someone who's saying, you know what, I want to provide for my children. I want to send my kids to college or I want to, you know, provide a nest egg for, for myself and, you know, my family for retirement and things like that. So those are the things that really drive me. Um, I definitely enjoy, you know, growing the size and scope of my transactions. And so, uh, you know, I see my... Uh, I guess my business going, you know, perhaps more regional and maybe more national. Um, so, awesome. you know, cause I think that, uh, all of the, I think all of our markets are very deeply tied together. And to me, you know, I think it's one thing that we're missing in, in our business, to be honest with you in this middle market segment, you know, that sort of that one to $10 million range, I think we've got an opportunity to grow that significantly. So, uh, I'm looking at that. And then also with, you know, the tie in to, you know, technology. I mean, we've got a limitless capabilities and capacity to really do great things and to help people reach their goals. You know, I've got a goal that I would like to help millions of people in some way, you know, so, uh, you know, whether that's through real estate or whether that's through real estate and some other uh, ventures as well, you know, I'm, I'm open to opportunities, but I like to surround myself with people who have good intentions and, and to do the right thing. So, um, I hope that answers your question, not too vaguely, but uh, no, that's no, awesome. And you kind of hit on the perfect point. You talked about goals. So what, what are some of your goals? What, what's your big why, Tyler? Sure. Well, um, you know, my, the, the three things that I look for every day and in, in, in my life is freedom, happiness, and significance. And so I think freedom, you know, freedom and happiness are really tied together, you know, in a lot of ways. Um, but significance, I think, is really important because I want to be I want to be that person for people that says, you know what, because of Tyler, I was able to do this, this and this. And I don't necessarily want that because, well, I want people to you know, say this, but I really want to I really want to be the reason why someone gets from point A to point B. And I find a lot of value in that. I mean, obviously, you know, I have goals, of course, financially, as we all do. Uh, but really, at the end of the day, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about how can I leave an impact and, and a legacy that really lasts beyond uh, the financial side of things. And, and I want to help people, you know, achieve what's important to them. And so freedom, happiness and significance, those are the things that I'm after every day. Nice. Do you have any words you live by? Um, you know, one thing, uh, you know, I'm a big meditator and uh, I read a lot. And so I'm always trying to learn something new. And, uh, I was, um, yeah, I have a, a coach that's really kind of a mindfulness coach. And we were, we were doing a practice uh, a couple months ago and 
we were really weren't, uh, there wasn't a purpose behind it specifically, but one thing that kept coming back to me was give. There was a word that just kept coming back to me was give. And I don't know if that was, you know, some higher power speaking to me or if that was really just something coming from within, but you know, that's something that really kind of resonated with me. And I've, I've written that down in various places, you know, that I see frequently in it. And I don't know whether or not that means give from a financial standpoint, or if that means give from, you know, a time and an expertise standpoint, but, you know, I, I'm starting to adopt that kind of in my life as to how can I apply give into all of the areas of my life. So I guess if I had to answer your question, that would, that would be it. That is a great answer. Give. Well, you have given us so much, Tyler. Thank you so much. Um, so if anybody wants to get in contact with you, either to find deals or just to get, just to talk, talk about real estate, how can they get a hold of you? Sure. Well, I guess the, probably the easiest way um, for your listeners would be either through Twitter or Instagram. Uh, my handle is at the Tyler Chesser. And awesome. I'm sure you can put that in the, uh, the show notes there. Uh, but certainly more than happy to, uh, to discuss with your, your listeners any questions that they have, as well as my website is tylerchester.com. You can also subscribe there and we can communicate frequently. I do write blogs and, you know, um, and uh, try to add some value there and, and things that are happening either in my business or in my life. But, uh, you know, more than happy to, to collaborate with, with your, your audience and very grateful that you had me on. Awesome. Thank you. This has been incredible. Thank you so much for everything today. And uh, one last question is if, if someone's looking to, to be an aspiring broker and there may be in another industry, what would be one actual step they can take today to get themselves going into real estate or even being a broker? Uh, if I said one step, I would say being aware of who the players are. Who is it that who are the movers and shakers in that field? And if I may add too, I would say find out who they are and buy them lunch or buy them a cup of coffee or try not to take up too much of their time. It depends on how, how, how busy they are, but just get to know them and let them know that you're there and you're willing to add value because you genuinely want to learn, build those relationships. That's, those are the, those are the important steps. Well, that's great. And that's a great point to end with today. So Tyler, thank you so much for being on the show with us today. We really appreciate you taking the time with us. Thank you guys very much. I really appreciate it. Well, this is the Real Estate Investing Foundation podcast with Jason Peely. Thank you so much to Tyler. And thank you to everyone out there who's listening. We're so grateful. Have a great day. Bye now. Hi, everybody. Are you tired of losing leads? Well, then I want you to go back to episode 157. We interviewed Tom Caffarella, and this guy is a monster at finding leads, keeping leads, and converting leads. And Tom has a special offer for you. He is now giving away his simple three-step process for how you can more than double your investment business this year by building a brokerage team without taking up any of your time what? and if this sounds awesome which it does you can find all about it at www.buildateamthatbringsyoudeals.com again www.buildateamthatbringsyoudeals.com everything you need to know go check it out thanks for tuning into the rei foundation podcast check back next time for more awesome tips and strategies to launch your new you in real estate.